Greyhound leader to track one, over. Track one, we reach Greyhound leader, over. Hello, you're listening to a Trap One podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Denise. And I'm Chris. So, the Ruth is out there, but can you handle the Ruth? <laughs> Today we're talking about Judgment of the Jadoon. Uh, just in case you haven't seen this one yet, we will be talking full spoilers and, and what spoilers they are. I don't know about you guys, yes. but I'm still reeling from this exciting, unexpected episode. Uh, what did you think, Denise? Well, if you haven't watched it yet, then you are a very silly person. Go and watch it immediately, and then come and listen to us. All right? I think they've gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're gone. We are alone. (laughs) We can see what we really feel. (laughs) Imagine this were live. Oh, my, that would be interesting. The live streams on on YouTube would be... uh, they have, they have their own experiences. Oh mm. I can be a bit bossy sometimes, but yes, I was talking solid sense there. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. So, what an amazing episode. It managed to remain spoiler-free in advance of the event, and a couple of really beautiful surprises and some lovely di- directorial touches. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. it certainly pushed a lot of my buttons. Chris? It was pushing my buttons too. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm, well, since I, everything, I, I, uh, I'm being honest when, when I say that I, um, I, I am reeling too from the episode, but, but I will be honest and right off the bat, I am not reeling in a positive way. I am, um, I, 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 I don't deny or dismiss or doubt the, the, the powerful impact of the episode, but, uh, I am, deeply shaken by it and what and the implications of what this means and i'll get of course get into it but being honest so so what what was the um what are the specific issues that you have with it you know specifically what uh my my issue is this and, and it's uh that by incl- um okay since the spoilers here we what anyone that hasn't seen yet well to recap, you know, you've got it's a pretty simple episode in a way that the Jadun come to Earth and are looking for a fugitive, and they're looking all over the place. And you have a husband and a wife. I'm speaking, of course, for the audience, you know, eventually listening. You have the husband and wife, and it's setting up potentially that the husband uh, in this uh, in this couple in Gloucester. Um, that's how you pronounce it, Gloucester. 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 Excuse me, Gloucester. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. I don't know how the pronunciation is too well, but in Gloucester, and it makes it seem as if the husband is the fugitive. And he certainly uh, indicates that uh, he knows something. But in the end, it's revealed in a nutshell that the uh, fugitive is the, um, the contract fugitive is the, is the wife in the situation. And it becomes very clear. And if, and if, if you haven't been watching the series, um, I, can under, I can appreciate the mystery. I didn't have a problem with the mystery of it, you know, because I can imagine someone that had just started to watch Doctor Who maybe this year or last with Jody, maybe Peter Capaldi, but certainly Jody would be very much on the edge of their seat wondering what's happening. Since I have been watching for a lot longer, as soon and so I certainly, and I imagine people watching since at least the David Tennant era, being very honest, it's not a mark, this is not a problem I have with the episode, but they would pretty snap of the fingers quickly understand what was happening in the sense if they watched um, Utopia or um, the Family of Blood arc, 
that, oh, th this woman is a Time Lord. Because there's clearly some memories lost. Or at the least, they would say, okay, this lady's an alien when her memories have been wiped. But if they've seen what the thing of break the glass and all that stuff, this will do this little event. I think they could probably fairly quickly see, oh, it's it's probably some Gallifreyan thing. Well, it is, and it turns out that this woman is, in fact, of her, uh, uh, the Doctor. But there are a lot of weird little things there. And then I can appreciate this, that there, you know, there's a mystery there. There's Her TARDIS is a police box, and yet there she's all pretty categorically saying that she's in the Doctor's past. But this is the issue that I have. This is the thing that's worrying me. And we can talk about this, and I'm sure it's a big thing of discussion. There are things that you can do in a canon series that are additions, that are world-building, that uh, expand your understanding of the series, and that fit, and that might be a surprise, and that uh, open up new avenues and such. An example may, maybe being, although I have some issues with it, John Hurt's War Doctor. They insert, that's an insertion incarnation. Um... But it adds to the canon because there wasn't anything around it that, um, or at least not too much, that explicitly saying, "Well, that's this is the problem; it can't fit." It was very, yeah, that's a very um, a surprising uh, logical uh, expansion. This is different. This is potentially different, in my at least I will say that I can't say this is because it hasn't played out yet. My concern is that that this is potentially world-breaking um, changes to canon. Because it, is, it has the potential to break the canon, because it's no longer a question of this is the doctor and this is his history, and maybe there's a mystery and a back history, but that, and this is coming from the perspective of someone that's been watching Doctor Who for years and knows the books and everything, there has been now 50 and six or more years of back history being built into the series that more or less is very mysterious, but more or less you have an idea of what it is. This is potentially breaking all that. Because now it's not, not, it's not a question of the doctor's a madman in a box who left Gallifrey because he was bored or all that thing. It's, it's more like, it seems more likely the doctor was some, a mercenary woman who, pro, who probably, let's be honest, you can see this. It's not hard to see what this is. Gallifrey is completely different from what we thought it was, but it was something more mercenary and monstrous. We already knew that it was that, but it did something to a child, causes the doctor to be disgusted and change her whole history. That's world. It is a, if it's handled poorly, that's my concern. I'm not saying this is terrible. What I'm saying is, if this is handled in the wrong, it has to be very careful. If this is handled the wrong way, this breaks the canon potentially. World breaking of Doctor Who because now we can't. You won't be able to look at Doctor Who in the same way anymore and say this was the history. It'll be more to the level of some people might be thinking. Um, I, I have, I'm looking to my right because I have a calendar of Doctor Who and it has in its uh, William Hartnell's face. Think well. Will all the doctors that came from Hartnell to Capaldi be fakes? In a way. Only the stories matter, but now we have to look back and say they weren't the real doctor. They're fakes. Hmm. Or, well, I think that, you know, um, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty out there. I mean, that's uh, quite a chain of thought that you've had there. Um, yeah, that, that's why I'm really. Much more, it's much more likely that she fits neatly in somewhere. Um, nobody wants to break the canon. The canon is not is not in need of being fixed so don't break it you know but yeah. um, I think it would be a shame after 56 years of airtight continuity and canon if it was broken now though wouldn't it <laughs> yes. well it's not airtight of course we know this and you know every all of the best and most loved films and tv series and books throughout history music as well every creative art it's sometimes the little flaws and fractures that are the reasons why people love it in the way that they do mm -hmm. and i think that holds true for doctor who as much as anything else 
It makes me wonder, though, if that's the case, what is the flaw in front? I'm, I'm not speaking sarcastically. You say I think that's a very beautiful way of putting it. And then it makes me wonder, though, if people have, knowing that that's true, it makes me wonder what flaw or fracture will be exposed here or, or, or being dis- is being sought in Doctor Who to make this change. Because it's, if I can simplify it, it's like this. If, you play, if Doctor Who's a game and you've been playing chess the whole time, and if each uh, showrunner is the is the moderator of a, of a particularly long game, this feels as if Chris Chibnall has come along. And some people say, "Oh, they changed the rules. Moffat changed the game. He moved the goalposts. RTD, you know, changed the field and made the colors." Who knows? This almost feels as if Chris Chibnall has said, "Okay, let's start playing the chess game. This is the thirteenth round. Great." And then early on in the game, he says, "Well, by the way, we're actually playing five card poker." And, we, and, and But I want you to still be playing using the chess pieces. <laughs> but I'm going to be introducing five-card uh, poker. And I, but I don't know how to play five-card poker. Oh, well, that's what the game has always been. You've always been playing five-card poker. That's my concern that we're going to have to – they're wanting us to – they're pushing the series in a way that now we're going to have to see. Because I personally think no matter what, if it's handled well or not, this is now inevitable. We're going to have to see Doctor Who in a totally fundamentally different way, almost certainly. Because now we have potentially – other doctors that are in terms of even motivations and back history. Well, and I say this, I'm not pulling this out of thin air. What, what does Sasha Dewan's master say in, in Spyfall Part 2? Everything you know is a lie. And, and then the doctor's having these flashbacks. Oh, my head hurts. Like, memories are now breaking through. It's almost being set up that whatever has come before, this is being imprinted now all around it. And I'm not sure if it fits. It's by nature, it seems like it's not. I hope it does, what you say, Denise, that it fits nicely. But I, I'm not It's The reason why I'm not sure is because the terms that they're using to set this up, a lie, a, a great a great you know, sin or a great travesty that we've kept hidden, the Founding Fathers lied to us, everything we knew is not what it was, That that isn't language that makes me think that it fits nicely. That makes it sound, makes it sound like it's going to just fit itself. Imprint itself upon well, this has been happening for a long time. I mean, Stephen Moffat did it. Yes, with yeah. importunity. So you know, this is not a new situation for Doctor Who fans, and I think we do need to see how it plays out. We do need yeah. to, you know, there's some brilliant and interesting things that have been introduced. There's a lot of stuff that we do not know yet. Whether we like this direction or not, we're going to have to wait and see until it plays out. And yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I'm withholding full judgment, but I am deeply worried about it (laughs) after this episode. That's what I can say. I am deeply worried. Well, um, I don't think there is cause for deep worry. I mean, um, breaking the canon leads to cancellation of the series. That's one thing I'm pretty sure of, and we've been there before, and I don't think that is going to happen. It's going to be interesting. We might not like it. As long-term fans, we might not feel that it's completely right but he's the showrunner he can do what he wants in the same way as Stephen Moffat did and John Nathan Turner did and uh... yeah and I think anything like that you know I mean he, he wasn't a time lord for the first six years that was that was introduced afterwards and uh, you know and retconned and there's obviously lots of stuff in the Hartnell and Troughton era that, that contradicts that it's, it's it's just got to you know it's got to keep moving on and uh, we're looking at it from the point of view of people who are familiar with all the stories but there's 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 plenty of people you know this is their their first or second series like you said Chris and uh, yeah it's um, and and I think as, as I assume that your theory then is that um, for want of a better name the Ruth Doctor is um, a pre-Hartnell Doctor 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that fits because I don't know why no. she would have a police box TARDIS. Yeah, there are. Th- yeah, you're right. There are some theories. Some people said online. One person, I read an article. They said that oh, Joni meets a doll, a version of herself from an alternate reality. So the person who wrote the the article right after seeing the episode interpreted it that way. But there's nothing in the episode that says that. And of course, Chris Chibnall has, I believe, stated in an interview that the Ruth Doctor is not an alternate reality doctor. That's right. Uh, I think it was an article in the British newspaper, the Daily Mirror. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that did seem, I mean, I assumed parallel universe situation as well, especially considering the very different attitude of the uh, of the Gallifreyan. So, yes. Um, so. And we've had the Kasavin earlier in the series, which have broken through from another universe. So I was thinking along those lines of, uh, you know, that created a gateway of, of some kind, yeah. It could, it could, I and I and I hope. And being honest, that would be very interesting. That would be a wonderful storyline. But the fact, and I hope, and it could still be. Maybe Chris Chibnall is telling me too. But the fact that he has said she is not a parallel universe doctor, right. um, I'm taking that at his word. Um, just as I'm taking it at his word, I, I don't know if you guys have heard. We won't talk about spoilers, but you know, Captain Jack was in the episode. I don't know if you guys have heard that um, Chris Chibnall's also in the interview that Captain Jack is not coming back this year. Yes, that was mm. in the um, that was in the same. Same um, article, I believe, and that is a little disappointing because obviously you see Captain Jack with Graham, and mm-hmm. you immediately think, "Oh wow, what what is his reunion with the Doctor going to be like?" And mm-hmm. of course, you know, Doesn't I'm happen. looking forward to that day. But if it's not if it's not this year, then that's a shame. It's but a huge don't, don't spend yeah. it all at once, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that was. I didn't so much have a problem with it, but I would just say in terms of the structure, the design of the episode, it, that the whole Jack stuff almost feels like it was a... I, I would not be surprised if in a behind-the-scenes event sometime in the future they reveal that that was a reshoot, uh, that they set up the episode, and they had wanted maybe him, but he was... And maybe... I'm not, that's, I'm not saying that's against the episode, but it definitely, in my opinion, jars a little bit, because not for so much future the Judoon. You almost, in my opinion, you almost have to treat the Jack stuff as a separate episode, because really it is. Um, what, what concerned me about it was um, when Graham was beamed aboard the ship, he was holding a cake, but when he arrived, the cake had gone. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. what bothered me. Yeah. Well, again, that, again, that makes me think either poor continuity or it was a reshoot, and they just they, well, and just poor continuity anyway. I think it probably was a reshoot. It was probably for whatever reason. Um, this might not so much cynical, but a more pessimistic reason might be: well, let's do something to boost the ratings. Um, and I hope not, but it's possible. In fact, I'm going to think it's perhaps very possible. But you know, I was very—I smiled and was happy when Jack came back, and I, and I was like, "You, Denise, like, all oh, right, the Doctor's coming back." I mean, uh, I mean, excuse me, um, we'll see her and the Doctor. But as the episode wore on, I started, to, and the more companions started getting pulling pulled into where Jack was, I thought this is feeling like a side side quill or a side, a, a side situation that's not having anything to do with. That you're doing so that's I'm a little I have mixed feelings on that part of the episode because I thought great to see Jack but let's be honest all it is is I'm standing in a room shaking around and Jack you know just saying oh wow you guys are, oh I remember this and I think yeah but, but how does it tie it fits, <laughs> it, it fits into the overall story arc for the season yeah. rather than mm. um, just being part of the specific episode so it's obviously a broader scope of things and um, yeah. 
the obviously, thing yes, yeah. bringing yeah. Captain Jack back. It's bound to be a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't heard anybody who was unhappy about the return of Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with it in the structure of the episode at all. And that's fine. And I think that's and that's true. Maybe I'm overreacting to it. I, I, it was. I, I, I know what my I mean, problem. I know you're. I know yeah. you're a writer. This is what you do. So maybe yes. you know because it's not the way you would do something. You you yes. have stronger reactions to it. But uh, but yeah. yes, I mean, I'm you have a reaction. It, you know, I mean, and um, yeah, and uh, I'm not in that way that kind of creative person. But sure. I am. You know, my critical analysis is perhaps a bit more generous. But, uh, <laughs> understood, understood, and yeah. I think that's and I think that's maybe it's a, the burden of creativity. I thought it was. It still made me smile. I felt you're right. It, it, it's my own bias, but it was it was from the bias of a writer's perspective, which is well, this doesn't. Well, this is what I thought. Not a count, not a rebuttal, but if not even a counterargument, but just I think the evidence would be that this is probably an af- not an afterthought, but it was shoehorned in the sense of a pleasing shoehorn maybe but the fact that jack is not coming back means that i think if you were to remove that scene the arc would play out no matter what i think that the fact he's not coming back apparently this year maybe look general's lying and if he is and if jack makes a return appearance wonderful if he doesn't then it means that jack's appearance here was a crowd-pleasing moment which is great but i will say what what my Problem, but I think my real problem with that scene was that it further highlighted a big problem that I have with the Jody era at this time is that it, it, it showed what is the condition of the companions and what is their function right now. They do nothing. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Uh, in terms of Captain Jack, I think it, it adds some portent to the to the situation, bringing back you know Absolutely. Uh, former companion, yeah. uh, major character, the star of a spin-off in his own right. Um, I think it really helps to, to to boost the the series arc a lot, which I think is um, has really given the, the short shot in the arm in series twelve compared to series eleven. I feel like there's a lot more to get your teeth into in terms of speculation and theories, and, and there's more excitement yes. for the next oh, episode. Absolutely true. Yeah. I agree. I was interested what you said, Chris, that you that you guessed that it might be a chameleon arch and that it might be um, a time lord that was that was hidden because I thought that was really well done i think from from everything from the name of the episode being quite a generic story the docking mm-hmm. magazine preview didn't really give anything away even i don't think he even gave away that chris Chimler had co-written it which would have been a clue that it was maybe a bigger part of the the story arc uh, it was no, you're right. of, uh yeah during you're... the week you get a little bit of pre-publicity on twitter that there was something that viewers wouldn't want to miss um and then the captain jack thing the way that played in it was like that was the big surprise we've been hinting at. Um, and then I thought the rest of the episode was going to play out in a fairly standard way that Ruth would be some kind of alien queen or something like that who lost her memory. So then, yeah, when she uh, when the TARDIS was unveiled, uh, I thought that was just a, a fantastic reveal. But on, on a second viewing, you start to see the clues, uh, like the watch right at the beginning is almost a callback to the pocket watch from, uh, you know, you're talking about human nature and utopia and things. Uh, and mm-hmm. just the uh, the concept of time. So I, I thought it was uh, it was beautifully delivered. Really, really well done. Yes, yes, that, those were very well done. I I felt um, I think the episode looked very nice. I like the scenes in the direction where uh, the Ruth Doctor, I guess we can call her, is you know has you're kind of walking forward in the, in the cathedral, and then you see the lighthouse images imprinted upon the screen, kind of you know merged together. I thought that was very well done. I um I uh, you you know certainly on a second watch, you can see. 
not seen a mile away, but you could definitely. By the time that Jody is in the car with Ruth, and she's asking, "When did you get here? What do you remember?" You and she's asking the question. I thought, "Yeah, this." Certainly, I've only watched it once, but I could. You could probably see it on a second time viewing. More so, what I'm saying is that you can. I'm not saying, "Oh, you could see a mile away to California," but you can definitely see that they're heading towards some type of reveal that this woman is not what she seems. Mm. Um, I. Um, I will ask you this as I brought it up. I'll just ask you what. Am I? I just want your opinions, though, briefly on the, and because there are rumors now circling, probably fair. I would say no more than credible. I would say it's probably the, the case that at least probably Tosin Cole is leaving this series, and there's evidence of that because he's going to be at the Gallifrey One convention next month. I think he's been confirmed for another convention in the month of May. Uh, he's got a uh, he's been um, accepted a role in the U.S. television series, so I think it's almost a certainty that Ryan's leaving, and they've telegraphed that in a in the. Series twelve, kind of second half, when he's saying, "Do you think this? How long do you think we're going to be doing this?" Yeah, and all that. But I'll ask you this: um, How do you guys feel about the companions now? A, a, se- a series and a half into it, th- this trio, this team Tardis. Do you? I have my concerns, but I'll ask you: Do you feel that they're working as a group? Do you feel that they're being the, the companions are being used to their potential? Do you think they're? Do you think the criticism that people have said is valid? That you know, three is too many. Uh, or at least it's hard. Or at least they should be using them, you know, balancing them more. What do you guys think? I mean, I do like the fam. I think it's a refreshing change from the previous few seasons, where we've got nobody with any obvious mental health issues, nobody with any childhood traumas to work through. It's um, for me that they are nice, normal, working class British people works very well for me. I don't have an issue with it at all. Um, I think um, that Yaz has had more to do this season, that she's her character, her chosen career. It's all reflected very well in the writing of the series. Um, Obviously, Ryan is still trying to find himself as a person and Graham is a very settled man who probably, you know, he seems to be largely accepting his adventures like water off a duck's back. I think um, mm-hmm. I think the three of them are very nice people and they enable the story to be told rather than us having to learn a great deal more about certain characters than we would ever want to know. And I'm thinking of Clara Oswald here, for example, who started off lovely but ended up being quite annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. I really liked Jan Coleman's performance. I can understand a lot of problems they have with, with Clara. What do, you, what do you think, Mark? Do you like I mean, how the no. oh, happens? I think I'm on the same page as Denise, really, here. They, um, I, I think the, the, the characters work really well as normal people, like you say. They're, they're more like the classic series companions. Um, I don't really have the the Clara um, hatred that a lot of people have or annoyance or anything like that. But we have had uh, this, this idea of the companion since Rose as somebody who has to be somewhat extraordinary. Um, Super special people. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's nice to have that as a contrast. Um, I didn't dislike that, that we, you know, that we've had, you know, since 2005, but uh, it's nice to have that as a contract and uh, contrast rather. They are quite relatable people. Like you say, Denise, they, they're kind of normal working class British people. Um, I think Ryan in particular is, is, is does great work. Um, I think it was something we we're talking about with um, Pete and Conrad a couple of weeks ago. Um, the way, when they pair him off with somebody, um, uh, whether it was the, you know, the character, the little girl in It Takes You Away, 
um, the sort of the, the, the semi love interest uh, in in Orphan Fifty Five. Uh, he works really really well in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'd be a shame if he if he does leave. But I also quite like doctors that to get through a number of companions as well. I like to see their interactions with with more than just one person, um, and it, it feels like it gives their run a bit more longevity in a way, even though they only all do three years. Um, like Tennant feels like he did longer because he had three distinct eras almost uh, within his era of a companion for each season. Well, yeah. Which one? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. who had three? Um, I, I didn't quite hear what Mark. What you said which doctor uh, seemed like he had three different uh, companions? Do you, you mean Pertwee or someone else? Uh, Tennant. The way um, Tenant. Wait, yeah. the way he had a different companion in each of his series uh, made that mm-hmm. feel a little bit um, like he had three sort of eras within his era, um, and yes. it made him feel like he was around a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, and it's nice that, um, you know, for example, I mean, I loved the character of Donna Noble, but, you know, the idea that she was saying, well, why would I ever stop traveling with you? And the reason why she eventually had to stop traveling with the, the doctor was the most terrible thing imaginable. She wasn't even able to remember him. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then, for example, um, when Mark and I were at Vorp convention in September, we, um, Mark Strickson was there who played Turlow and he was talking about, well, you know, Turlow had his story. He joined the Doctor for this reason. He went through the Black Guardian thing and then after a while he, he found um, he found his brother and he, his story ended, you know, and it was all very natural and normal. And I think it is nice, you know, sometimes... They just leave. They fall in love and leave, or they don't need the doctor anymore, and they move on. And I think uh, that's nice. You know, he's the doctor is just a phase in their lives, not their entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, very much so. I, I, um, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can definitely appreciate the working class element or the feel of these people are, I suppose, down to more down to earth and um, and have a um, have. A, have kind of a more just an emotional connection with the doctor. I can appreciate that. Um, maybe it's my, <laughs> maybe I'm going to, so I can, I, from a viewer perspective, with my, if I have my viewing hat, just taking no hats on, just, I can see that as, as a very refreshing element. It's not, oh, the, there's no t- titles, the impossible girl or the girl who waited or, or the bad wolf or things like that. It is just, or, 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 I don't know if Bill had a title. They're just people that are hanging out with the doctor for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, I can like that. I, and I can very much appreciate that. From a writing perspective, um, in terms of, you know, g- getting to know your characters, where I feel it's lacking a bit, in fact, I think it's lacking quite a lot, is that, um, how do I say this? I'm not sure if I fully buy, I might buy it now, if they were starting to call themselves a family now, because they've been around a while, they were calling themselves a family very, very early on. Though, so that's not a huge thing. But I, I felt like, uh, call yourselves, you know, fa- the whole fam thing. That was that was. If they were just calling each other a family, like well, starting to, like I said, this episode, I would think, yeah, that's a natural, beautiful thing. But because they've been calling themselves a fam or a family for like almost from day one, mm. uh, I thought that was that was a little not super day one, but. Earlier well, than this. I mean, it's um, I I haven't lived in the UK for a long time, but mm. I do gather that that is part of the vernacular. It's kind of like it's kind of like homies, I think. 
Sure. Is that yeah. right, Mark? Can yeah, you fill me in on that? It's yeah. Like, um, I mean, it would be. <laughs> and a, of course, you... you know, um, Yaz and Ryan had been at primary school together, and mm. um, and uh, Graham is Ryan's step granddad. So yeah. it's uh, they are kind of you know they do have a connection that existed before the doctor came along. Yeah, a younger person's vernacular than I am, but yeah, it's more like a like a group of friends or a, yeah, something like that. You would uh, you'd use fam, I think. Well, if I'm gonna, yeah, it's, yeah, it's can, British for homies. Yeah. British for homies. <laughs> I can I can I can appreciate that, like, and, I, and then I'm glad I didn't know that. So I'm glad that that, that makes some sense. I, I think that makes sense. It could very good sense. But if I'm being very honest, I'm gonna. I feel that um, I feel that there are too many companions. Um, or the, now in this series, I feel that there are too many companions in this series because, um, yeah, people can keep traveling, but if I'll put it this way, if, if there is a, if people can just travel the doctor, that's wonderful. But if, if they also though, at the same time, because it's the nature of the series and the nature of life to come and pass through things and then leave, I think that a good time for something like Ryan to leave would have been at the end of last year at resolution because he made peace with his dad and maybe he and Graham could have, and then Graham had made peace with the memory of Grace. That might have been a good time for them to leave. Because since then, no matter what, it might be nice to have people traveling on, but you also want them to have something to do since then. In this series, I can point to what Ryan and Graham have done in terms of character arc and something in series 11. I can't really point to much of an arc or a development of those characters in this series. Oh, Ryan slightly a little bit with Orphan 55, and but that was a... But even there, it was a blip because you know it's a possible future or something. But I think maybe maybe what color, maybe it's my bias, but what colored it is how they were acting like in Spyfall Part One when they and yeah, Grant, it's nice to see them having fun together, but it also seemed a little too silly. What I'm talking about is this: when they go to the casino, quote unquote casino, and they're told blend in, and then they just start jumping around and you know, hugging each other. Oh, we won a lot of money, and there was something a little. I don't know, maybe that scene rubbed me the wrong way, or maybe it, I thought it just seems a little too immature of, of characters of men their age. I don't know, but I just thought to myself, what are they, what is their story arc now? What is their function now, except maybe comic, not only, but are they shifting just more towards comic relief? Because um, Graham has mostly been comic relief. Graham has been done no, very little in the episodes. He doesn't do much in Spyfall stuff. He, he has his laser shoes, but but he doesn't do much in Orphan 55. He doesn't do much in in the Nikola Tesla episode. It's, I'll give you an example, very briefly. A spoiler, <laughs> really quickly this, I will just say that a spoiler, and I won't say what it is, but you know, we've done the final game stuff. In an episode that's upcoming, that may or may not be part four, maybe not, I was faced with the challenge as a writer of, of having a rather large group of people, the Doctor and the unit group. You, you can reach that point because you have a large group of people. And I thought to myself, I could have them all running around together in the same place, which tends to kind of happen these days. You know, they're in the same place. Or I can separate them into groups. But if I separate them into groups, I've got to give them something to do. I, 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 from a writer perspective, I've been a little, cons I've been somewhat concerned, certainly this year, that I'm looking at these episodes and I'm looking at the companions. And I'm not sure if they're being given really much to do other than traveling with the doctor. And that can get a little, certainly with last night, I think last night, maybe, maybe I'm just reeling from last night in that for the most part, 
after a certain point, once the Captain Jack stuff happened, the companions are just all isolated in a room standing there talking to Jack. And they're just standing there and talking to Jack. And then they get removed, sent back to Earth, and then they're just talking to the Doctor. And it feels like the companions are almost just like a mass of three people, maybe almost as one. It's always standing, talking to somebody. What are we going to do, Doc? We're family, Doc. Well, that's been the case since day one with Doctor Who, really, hasn't it? I mean, uh, it had three companions when it first started. It had three companions for... um, the early Peter Davison era, and yeah. um, it can work. It doesn't. I'm not saying that they they all have fully rounded, fully written parts for every single episode, but I think history has taught us that that is impossible. Um, they they are perhaps a little homogenous sometimes, but um, from my point of view. Um, you do find that in a lot of series. This isn't the only series that has that problem. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. It's uh, it's 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 the difficulties of writing for many characters. I think, and, and, I, and I completely agree. So I don't condemn certainly Doctor Who for having three campaigns, but I don't recommend it. And I know, yeah, I don't recommend it. And, I, and if you have the option to reduce the numbers, because at the end of it, in well, you said it's true. There have been three companions before, but in, in, certainly in the case of the Peter Davison era, Peter Davison is, and the other actors have been interviewed saying it, they knew it wasn't working because there were just too many companions to handle. So that's why they got rid of Adric. Um, and that was one of the reasons. Yeah, one of the reasons. Certainly. <laughs> there were other. <laughs> oh yes, certainly, so, certainly. Yeah. And that might be agree. That might be their cover story. But at least it's their cover story. That it. That, or at least it's the main thing is that there were too many. Uh, what I'm saying is that I think that it would – I would say this. Uh, my takeaways – I'm not condemning it, but what I would say is I certainly feel that after this series, at least one of those companions needs to go. Because I think the only way – as you said, Denise, the only way to keep things – or you said, Mark – to keep things growing, to keep things like a larger era is by change. So I definitely feel – if I think it's going to happen. But if all three companions were to stick around into series 13 – Well, maybe going forward we'll have two Doctors and one companion. Who knows? Yeah. Anything could happen at this stage <laughs> in the game. Maybe. Who knows? That'll mix things up a bit. So what do we think about the Jadoon being back? I thought the um, the animatronics seemed improved this time. The, uh, mm. I mean, we've just got the one without his helmet on, but the, the expressiveness I thought was fantastic. The bit where... <laughs> The doctor is uh, is telling him off, and uh, he says something like, "I'm very disappointed in you." And his his face sort of falls. She is a she. Don't forget, woman to woman. Oh, I don't think yeah. she picked up on that. She did. Yeah, yeah, she said that woman to woman. So it's a female. Uh, it's female a lady to do. Right. I think I thought the doctor was talking about going to talk to Ruth. But I suppose she didn't know who the fugitive was then. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. When, um, when the female Jadoon um, and her face just falls and she goes, oh, like when the doctor says, I'm very yeah. disappointed. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's some really yeah. nice did you, did you see the footage on Twitter of the um, animatronic head just rehearsing its lines? No. 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 I haven't seen it. I need to look out for that. I will uh, I'll, um, find that and link it it's in the show It's appeared in my timeline a few times today. So uh, Nice. <laughs> well done. I, I have to check that out too. I uh, yeah, did you know they look great? I, granted, yes, um, we only saw the one, and there's probably real world reason for that. Probably the budget will probably all win it too. Really, yes, those helmets are there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, it was uh, it was very it was very well done. I thought that the tune were very nice. It was it was you know you don't always have to do this. If if someone was saying, well, they didn't do anything new with them, not really. Um, but you know, it was very nice to see them. Um, I don't think they were the main. Again, the title was probably misleading. I, I think they were kind of the main. They were probably the main really point of the episode. Um, but uh, it makes certainly sense now, given what this episode presented, that they people were wondering why are they leaning first? You know, when they started introducing episodes of the series, probably about months ago now. So people were wondering why is it that they're talking about the Judoon as their main thing when they have other things? Well, I think it was marketing strategy: introduce a character that isn't that. You know, fun, but not that important. Being very honest, like a monster, or at least not that doesn't have a terribly long history. And even in the ten years they were so they've been around, have only popped up a couple of times. They were in the Sarah Jane adventures as well. Yes, they were. Yes, yes, and they were. Uh, I think you know it's to it's part of I think um, having the keeping the younger audience engaged and perhaps people who will also be able to watch the Sarah Jane adventures. It's nice for them to see the Judoon as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It was great to see, to, just to see a monster returned and at least looking nice. Not, I can't. You know, like again, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, they advanced and, and built upon them so much. No, it was nice to see a monster, a welcome return that that didn't. And this sounds like I'm condemning with fame praise. No, I'm just saying, that, and it didn't do damage to the role. It, it, this doesn't really add much. Maybe it gives us a female version of the Judoon, But being honest, it's, you'd only probably pick that up if. If you understood the context of that line, woman to woman, so that's a nice little thing. But it was a, a nice, little, uh, a welcome return of, 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 of an alien race, and that was it. Just showed them, you know, um, the it, I like that it showed the the bureaucracy mentality of, of the Jujun. You have to work around the bureaucracy and all that. Um, it doesn't make them look very smart, but they're not meant to be, probably. Well, but no, I, yeah, they yeah. absolutely aren't. No, I mean they're they're mercenaries. They do what they're told. They're quite imposing. But mm-hmm. uh, the yes, thing they're not picked for their looks or their intelligence. The way they charm. sort of have to follow the rules and the law is, is uh, I think that really came out most in the Sarah Jane episode. But that's, um, it's a nice, easily graspable concept for them, isn't it? Um, and then when mm. they when they realise there's two doctors and their first thought is double payment for the, <laughs> for the bounty, mm. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a really nice moment for them as well. Yes, uh, I did like the humour in this episode a lot. There was so much there, and the scenes between the two doctors were wonderful. The confusion, having the same mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was good. And I love the Ruth Doctor's extreme cockiness. I mean, she's more like Colin Baker, I think, than any of the other doctors that we've seen. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because of her, free, her psychedelic shirt. But, uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I, I could appreciate... I, mean, I appreciate the turn of her character. It, 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 she certainly was acting in ways that um, most doctors don't. Uh, when she ripped off the the the, the, the horn, when she had the gun. I mean, despite and being honest, I'm not sure that saying this is an inconsistency in her character. But being honest, when she was saying, "Well, I, I, I," when Jody was saying, "You knew what would happen with the gun," she said, "I begged you not to do it." I thought, "Yeah, but just a moment ago, you were essential." Every time Jody was getting involved, saying about to reveal our identity you kept saying shut up shut up shut up and you were angry about it the implication is you want her to pull the trigger so so i and so i don't i'm not um, critiquing that what i'm saying is that this is a doctor that might say oh i didn't want her to do it but really she, she had had all things happened as planned i imagine she would have just said okay she's dead you know this gat i think was her name a gat just done what she expected her to do 
went without any interruption. She would have done it, and she would have. I don't think she would have cared at all. Um, at least well, not cared I, too much. I think um, there are many similar incidents of the doctor behaving in a similar way that people um, people are allowed to destroy themselves through the path that they've taken if they don't listen to the doctor. Yeah, exactly. it's like the one chance, isn't it, that that started with um, I think uh, David Tennant in the Christmas Invasion. It's like you know you get you get one chance, um, and then that that's sort of carried through, isn't it? Where where the doctor the, the is... doctor is capable of punishing people, like yeah. again in the in the what happens to the family of blood in the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. they get a chance to to change their minds or change their course, um, but then then face the consequences. Otherwise, I, I felt like the the fight with the Judoon in the cathedral was quite Pertwee esque. It was uh, there was some oh you know, maybe, Venusia Nikido. Yeah, Do you think that was what she was using? Felt like those kind of moves. Yeah, and and mm. I thought the cathedral what a beautiful setting for it as well because it I don't have ever seen anything quite like that in Doctor Who, but it gives it such a scale. Um, where normally I, suppose... I mean, I think that site that they used a couple of times in the Matt Smith era, that was that place in Cardiff that they used as a museum, and then again they used it in as a set in the Silurian story. In the Millennium Centre or something like that. Um, yeah. Beautiful marble building. Mm. I think often places like that, they, they enhance a little bit with CGI sometimes, don't they? But that, obviously, because yeah. it's a real cathedral and it, it, it is on that mm. scale, it, um, it, it just struck me as something that looked uh, looked really good and, and for that confrontation as well, really, uh, really suited it. Yes, it was a great showcase for the city as well, I suppose. I've never been to Gloucester myself, have you? I've been a couple of times, yeah. It is, uh, it's really, really? nice. Really? Okay. Yeah, um, and it, but they, it's great that they're getting out to other parts of the UK as well, aren't they? You know, Sheffield. Yeah, it's, and it's not too far and... from the Welsh border, though, is it? Well, no, but... <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but not not as London or Cardiff centric as it as it has been, I suppose. Yeah, I'm glad they went to another city uh, uh, other than London, or being on a Sheffield because it it was just it because they were going to the same city and over again, over and over again. It's like, well, why as well just be London because you're just going to the same place over and over again. You could make that and say, well, they go to earth over and over again, but you know, that makes it more relatable, I suppose, but you can go to other cities. Um, yeah, it was a, there were a lot of, there were a lot of good things this episode. I, I will ask you, um, since, you know, it's been a while since I've been on here, um, and our series and a half into it, you know, maybe, maybe just two parts. Jo- what do you guys think about Jody's doctor in this episode? And then, Oh, Overall, in her progression, is she, how does she feel to you at this point? Now, you've spent on her own, and then in maybe, and however you want to say, compared to series 11, so far in series 12, or maybe even um, compared to this other one. I think she's had a lot of consistency. I think she's had a lot of consistency. She's hit the, she hit the ground running. Mm. And, um, yeah, she's, she's a person who hasn't, fully figured herself out yet you know she sort of says things like oh I'm socially awkward and things like that um yeah she's very relatable very likable she's got the authority that the doctor needs to have um it's interesting there's she's there's things that have yet to be revealed and uh I like that yeah okay yeah I can see that yeah, 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 yeah. She, I think in this series as well, uh, where she's had like the master to to face off against, that's really been to the to the benefit of of her portrayal. Because um, in series eleven, there wasn't that. Uh, the, maybe the, um, James the first was the uh, 
was the main one where she actually, you know, got to have a real confrontation with, I think we really talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, whereas with the new master in this one and then, you know, confronting the Jadoon and Gat, um, I think those moments she, she does really, really well. But it seems like in this issue she's going to be tested a, um, a lot more. What occurred to me as well when she was with the Ruth Doctor, she and, and the Ruth Doctor is a much more bombastic, um, you know, in the style, like we said, of Colin Baker or somebody like that. And then Jodie's more of a, a Patrick Troutner or Sylvester McCoy, isn't she, with, with sort of a side? Mm, and, very much uh, so. Yeah, and, and, and things like that, which, uh, which I thought was interesting seeing, seeing her with a, another interpretation like that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely could see that. I could see that contrast. I'm being, if I'm being honest about Jodie... I agree with you, Denise. I still feel like we haven't really got to know her too well yet. She's still finding herself. Uh, um, I think that's the character. I don't think I don't think that's the actor playing the part. I think that is, you know, because it does take a while to figure out who you are. You don't come into this world fully fledged. And okay, in previous regenerations, the doctors figure themselves out in four episodes, but this time not. And it's fine because that's how people are. I can, and, and yes, so that is how, yes, absolutely. The worry I have is that because we don't have a lifetime with this particular character, but we probably only have a couple of years, if they continue to style that she's still figuring herself out through this series into the next, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, they, if they, she's pretty settled by the end of the series, but I think it's very easy to say, I think you can make the easy argument that, that Jody's still figuring out her character has carried over from last year. She was she was she was definitely figuring herself last year. She's still figuring herself out this year. In fact, she's outright saying at the beginning of the as late as Spyfall or something that she's still figuring herself out. So if she's still doing that by going into series thirteen, I would kind of think to myself, the, the joke is old. Not the joke, but the 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 search is a little old now. Um, you know, don't say it. I would say this, because she's stating I'm still figuring myself out. That's one thing I would change. I would have her not say that out loud anymore. Don't, she doesn't have to say that, oh, I'm still figuring myself out. I'm still getting used to myself. Nothing. I have to keep her mind, you know. When she said, oh, I'm the invisible man, what she said, oh, sorry, I have to remember that, the invisible woman. And I thought, she doesn't have, we know that she's a female, we know that she's a new doctor, but she doesn't have to say it. Because otherwise, for me, that undermines her. Her sense of self, her sense of um, um, maybe self-confidence or understanding, if she's outright saying, well, I'm still figuring myself out now after a well, series and a half. I, mean, I, think, um, I think it's interesting to look at that from a perspective of a woman because mm. you are expected to be more self-depreciating. You aren't expected to assert yourself in the same way as a man, even in 2020. And, um, you know, the she's saying these things about herself, it might just be a way of being accepted, which is one of the things it's very hard to do in this world as a powerful woman, as a woman who needs to take charge. And to me, it seemed yeah. perfectly natural and understanding, and I've seen many powerful women do similar things. The question I have, though, and I, I, can, I completely understand that, and I and I agree, because I have three sisters, I don't have any brothers, and I have my mom and such, so I, the only other male in my family is my dad, and so I have a lot of female perspectives, not my own, but close to me. The concern I have, though, about Jodie is, is she a powerful woman? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're calling her Jodie here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she is, she is the doctor. Yeah. You know, she is the doctor, and the doctor is powerful. 
And I can understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, yes, the doctor is powerful. I'm not sure if this doctor is powerful, though. What do you think, Mark? I think, I mean, to go back to the point about her still figuring herself out, I think you need room to to advance the character. Um, I think it worked brilliantly with Peter Capaldi, the way his development over the three season worked. Uh, you know, he spent yes. the first year figuring himself out. In terms am I of, a good man? Yeah. Exactly. Am I a good yeah. man? And the second series with Clara's helping him, uh, you know, to relate to people more and that kind of thing. And then by the third series, well, it was kind of 50 years on or something like that. He, he was fully rounded um, by, by that point. He found know. something that he loved doing. He found a protege. Yeah, and he'd had that, um, the uh, sort of extended honeymoon with River Song and different things. And um, it's, 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 it's really well articulated in, in Paul Cornell's um, novelization of uh, Twice Upon a Time, uh, that part of it. And then, you know, so Colin Baker had a similar sort of idea. He wanted, um, you know, uh, over multi-seasons to, to, to work on the character and develop it. So I think if they arrive fully formed, there is, there's, there's less places for them to go with it. And, and you kind of want, want, you want to keep it interesting for the viewers, but you want to keep it interesting for the actor as well, I think. And, uh, you know, hopefully Very much so. I'd love, you know, to have a doctor that stays more than three years, uh, you know, really, um, really put a stamp yes. on it. And, and, and yeah, that is like also that. the thing. I mean, um, with the Matt Smith era, first of all, he, he was telling um, Amy Pond's story, then he was telling Clara Oswald's story. He never had time to tell his own story, and that yeah. was such a shame. It was a tough, yeah, it's tough. I, I, and I, I think you're right, absolutely right. You, you don't want the character fully formed. You don't want, sorry, you want them to grow. I, my concern about this doctor is that she had, she arrives not fully formed, getting to know herself, of course. Still seems fairly, though, still getting to know herself. Still seems to be in that mode moderately. At least, maybe not so much going, I don't know if she will be going forward, but up until now, this is my, I guess that was my, encapsulating my concern just simply that, which was, okay, you'll take a few episodes, she'll get to know herself. But she still felt like nothing had changed by the end of the series. She was still who she was in the first episode, and yet there was still this sense of still figuring myself out. Well, well having you figured yourself out already? I, it's... And maybe this is me. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm being, if I'm being very honest, I'm not terribly thrilled or intrigued or or captivated by this version of the Doctor. Uh, well, I mean, we all have Doctors that we don't like so much. I yeah. mean, Peter Colby is a brilliant actor. I never completely warmed to him as a Doctor. I loved a lot of the things that he did, but... Was he a doctor that I would personally want to travel with? He probably wouldn't be my first choice. It's, no. um, you know, this happens, and that's one of the wonderful things about the series, that it does reinvent itself. And, it does. Um, yes, it does. It keeps growing. And, and I think people who turn away completely from a series because they don't like a particular doctor or they don't like a particular companion, it's ultimately their loss. Yeah, and that's and you're absolutely right. That's why I've, if I, I hadn't been fond of this doctor from not such day one. I but I, by that middle of the last series or so, I was thinking to myself, there was for me personally, maybe it was just that I, there's something lacking for this doctor me. But I don't want to turn away from it. You're right because you know I want to give her a chance. I begin. I feel at the same time I'm just a bit concerned because I feel like I've been giving this doctor a chance for a while. For me, not like oh the whole of Doctor Who was terrible because of this of Jodie's doctor. But for me personally, I feel like I've been giving this one a chance for a while, 
and I haven't warned her. So I think I may, I'm somewhat resigning myself to the fact that I'm probably not just going to, that this doctor just doesn't do it for me. The reason why it's a big, I suppose, consider just a weird experience for me because it hasn't happened to me before. I've always enjoyed each doctor and they're so different that I've, mm. I've yeah, I've warmed, I've warmed to each of them. This one, no, I don't know what it is about. And the easy thought would be, oh, the cynical, not cynical response, but you know, the, the an easy rebuttal would be, is it because she's a woman? No, because I've always hoped that the 13th Doctor would be something different from the others. And I, and, and I had thought that the 13th Doctor long ago would either be maybe, a, 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 maybe an African man, a black actor, or, or a woman. Of any, or, any, or indeed the 14th Doctor, as it seems sure, that she may well be. She may well be, exactly. And so I was, I was always hoping that, that there would be something very unique about her. And so when we had a fem, uh, female announced as the Doctor, I thought this could be very interesting. And I was very excited maybe it's just simply the personality and that's no one's fault but her for me and again everyone says something different for me i'm being honest when i say i don't really see the much of the authority in jody i do and, and partly that's because and i would say this is maybe a fault a bit of a fault of the writing we have not had yet aside from graham saying hey doc when i meet up with tim shaw i'm going to kill him and she says no you're not and he doesn't We've not had the companions challenge the Doctor from day one. And this was something I would say is a, potentially a mistake. From day one, you've not really had the companions challenge the Doctor. They've all said, well, she's in charge, we're best mates, we've got to listen to her, you're the best person we've ever met, um, I'm traveling with you no matter what. There's not been a challenge in that way. And so no, she. I mean, that's true. You know, um, Sarah Jane Smith and the Doctor had the occasional ding dong. Of course, there was Tegan Javanka, mm-hmm. whose <laughs> entire attitude was, uh, "If I'm not arguing, I'm not. I'm not awake." You know. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, that, yeah, maybe but, that's what's. Um, yeah, maybe I mean, that's what's left. This this series is geared towards. It wants to get younger viewers in. It wants to get. 10-year-olds watching the show again. It's not for people's in, people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. We're just watching it because we can. Well, that's, you know. a, that's a problem, though. In my opinion, that's a problem. Because Doctor Who has survived through all these changes as, as a show that can be for the kids, can be for older people, it can be for people who just watch it the first time. If it's at the point now where it's like, well, we're... And I don't, I don't, um, I don't um, critique what you just said because it is clearly a show for the kids. But the fact that... Maybe that's the root of this. The fact that the show is now clearly... You can almost objectively say, well, this show is just for the little kids now, but I'm watching because I enjoy it. But are, if, if you can say to yourself, it's not for me anymore, it's not for my age group, it's not for someone like me. Is that a good yeah, thing? That I mean, yeah. Is that I mean, a good thing? Is, well, this is, I mean, you could see from from the first episode with Jodie Whittaker, you could see that it had more in common with the Sarah Jane adventures yeah. than the very dense tapestry that the Stephen Moffat stories became. Mm-hmm. And you could understand why they wanted to do that. I mean, I'm... I'm a woman who's nearly 51 years old. I've got no children. I've got no interest in weight loss or yoga or take that reunion tours or romantic comedies. Therefore, there is nothing that is designed for me. (laughs) So if I find something I like, I just latch on to it because Mm. nothing is designed for me. I just take what I like, you know? But um, What do you think? What what do you think, Mark? Uh, You know, do you think the series is... Because that is a question people have been saying, is this series now primarily maybe 
almost solely geared for little kids. Uh, is that do you do you think so? And if, if that, do you think so? Do you think that's a problem? No, potentially? I, the, I I don't feel like it is. Um, I feel like it, or no, certainly no more than the RTD the era was. Um, I think mm. it's striking a very similar tone to that. I think stories like maybe, uh, especially series openers like Smith and Jones and um, uh, New Earth, uh, they were much, you know, maybe much more, uh, you know, designed to sort of to sort of grab kids in. And I think, um, as we talked about in the Orphan Fifty Five episode, there was some filthy humour in that episode. I don't think it's uh, it's it's solely being. Squarely aimed. That was a dark episode. It's, I must uh, admit. Yeah, um, it was. It was dark, and uh, and and yeah, there was uh, there was some humour, which I think um, you know was pitched right in the sense that like you know the Simpsons would fly over the heads of kids, but but kind of land with adults. You know, um, when the uh, when the doctor's complaining about the what she took out of Ryan, and uh, the uh, you know the character says, "Well, what you do in the uh, uh, what what you do recreation is up to you," or something like that. Um, you know, it could have been drugs or something. Who knows? I, I, um, but I think the um, yeah. what we did start to get at the end of this episode that we're talking about is is the the little bit of the challenges to the doctor um, that you got mm-hmm. from the companions, where you know they're saying, "Well, we don't know anything about you." You know, the first series was almost like a honeymoon where we went off on our adventures and fun, but now they're sort of like, "Well, we don't know about this person," and and we it's revealed in this episode <clears throat> that she is sneaking off on her own. Um, Apparently, kind of rummaging through the the rubble of Gallifrey, maybe uh, maybe looking for clues or survivors or something like that. We we don't quite know yet. Uh, yeah. So that that challenge, I think, is is starting to come in. Um, yeah. And 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 looking yes. like that. Yeah, I hope so. Again, I think you're right, and I, and I certainly hope so. I I, I hope that. Well, I mean, yeah. in the way they are challenging, the way they talk to the doctor about this stuff, it is like it is like children challenging a parent. Yes, to a certain they are. Extent. So maybe are that's something. Like, that, um, younger viewers will relate to because that's how they see like the aspects of their parents' lives that they don't fully understand. Yes, and I, can I can I tell you? I think that um, I think that um, if this series, I will say this, and that sounds very sad, but I, I will say this series is um, will grab me in terms of, of if it's for kids, but also can bring in the audience. Is if they, the eventual exit because it'll have to happen. If the end, eventual exit for Graham is that his cancer come back. Uh, that'll be very interesting to see if they deal with that in that way. You know, if they if they, if they make him face mortality in that way. I um, it'll be yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Can I want say something else? Just totally unre- not unrelated, but just briefly saying about the Captain Jack moment. I can't tell you guys uh, how uh, I was very that really put a spot on my face, but I can't tell you guys the fact that they brought the one thing I really appreciate about this and this episode is there's always a sense of. Why can't we bring back this character, bring back this character in previous series? Like, oh, the person wouldn't understand. We'd have to give them the right story. I can't tell you guys how appreciative I was that they've just brought back Captain Jack out of nowhere. But I also can't tell you how sad it was because I can't, in the sense that I really, 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 really wish it had been the Brigadier. Ah, well. But who would you get to play him? (laughs) Oh, I I know. If you've seen the last Star Trek film, you know, all of this deep, deep fake stuff. Uh Uh-huh. There's only so far it can go, and I think uh, that would upset more people than it pleased. You know, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a that's a that's a whole discussion there. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. I, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was wonderful. I think um, in terms, like you say, uh, of bringing a character back, it worked perfectly because for for new viewers, you just immediately got the sense that this is a. 
a wacky old friend of the doctor's that, that's turned up. Um, if you know, if if you've been watching since two thousand and five, you probably recognise the voice. Particularly if if you're a big fan, you're going to recognise it because he's carried on playing oh, part of the big thing. Hearing yeah. the voice for the first time, it was like, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like so he's yeah, coming yeah. back. I really hope that they. I really hope that they bring him back. In uh, I, I'm being honest when I say I don't. You know, I don't think he's. I think I'm taking Chris Chibnall's word for this um, that he's probably not coming back this year. But and, and and the reason why I say that is because the fact that if he if if he were he would have. I think that Jack would have known that the Doctor was a woman had he already met up with her and he's coming for a future. I think he would have known who Jodie was. So the fact that he didn't makes me think okay, he, we're not going to see him again. But you know, I really hope we see him next year. I really do. Yeah, definitely. Or, and the moment or when maybe you... um, if there's a New Year's special. I mean, it might be New Year's Day 2020. Yeah. There yeah. he'll be. Maybe so. Exactly. I, it, it makes me wonder, when do you, you know, there are 10 episodes, of course, for the show, but they've also done, and I think I think they said an 11th episode. When do you guys think that one's coming? Are they going to wait? There are rumors that the Daleks are in that one. Do you think they're going to wait until New Year's? Or do you think they'll, because it was okay last time in the sense that it was only a couple of weeks here, there would be like nine months. Do you think they wait that long for, for an episode they've already filmed? or They've done it before. Yeah. Uh, just go back to Captain Jack. I thought the moment when he first met Graham and kissed him and Graham's reaction was was absolutely brilliant um, as well. And so, gave him a snog. Yeah, those <laughs> two, those two together cute. were great. And, and you kind of think about it and you think, well, they probably are mates in real life as well because they're both kind of game show hosts and uh, mm-hmm. and light entertainers mm. and uh, and stuff like that. So they um, it probably accounts for a lot of the the rapport that they had. Agreed. That's I, a really I, yeah. good point, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. I, I think it's they probably are. They probably had a great time. I've always liked, I've always loved, and this is why I really wish that Jody had been there. And it makes me wonder if this was a reshoot, why Jody wasn't there. But, well, who knows? But it, probably just because it doesn't fit. Again, probably because, sadly, John Barrowman's not in the later episodes of the series. But um, you know, I always love, in real life, and then certainly in Doctor Who, when people that you meet from different eras or different parts of your life, like, um, like to be honest, like what we're doing now, it's wonderful. But I can't tell you how thrilled I would be if we were actually in person. Oh, I'm meeting you. I'm meeting you. Um, or you meet someone, one close friend, and then you have another close friend in the state, and then the people meet because it shows the contrast of your lives. One person with different aspects of their life. So that's why I love multi-doctor stories, or when a companion returns, you and you get to see the the. Um, Potential contrast like that. Some and, and and it also is a neat little thing again as a writer, seeing how a writer recreates an earlier era and how close they get it. Because even with Jack in last night's in Sunday's episode, it was wonderful to see him. But it is always a question of okay, what version, what kind of era version of Jack will this new writer recreate? And certainly this Jack. And this is not a critique, but just being honest, if you were to look at Jack and then compare him to how he was most recently. Probably even with the torture audio is a big finish. I'm not saying he doesn't fit. What I'm saying is that he he is far more um, happy, happy, go lucky, bouncy, bouncy than you would expect from maybe a children, a post children of Earth doctor. Not a critique. I'm just saying it's interesting to see because um, a lot long time has passed, so it is possible. But it is very interesting which version of a character, um, which voice of a character. Um, well, yes. New, yeah, new person recreates. And is he still with Alonso? Yeah. This is what we want to know. Oh, really? Yeah, very good question. I don't know. I, 
I, pro- I would say we'll probably never know. Well, big finish. Last big finish. Yeah, uh, Chris Chibnall did write a lot of torture as well, didn't he? So he, he's yes. obviously uh, got a, a strong connection with the character and a familiarity with him. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it. I, I think um, it was. It was. It was. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do with him in the future. Um, it makes me wonder the fact they brought him back. One. This. This is an interesting door that's now open, which is that. I've always felt not a, again not a bad thing, but just a probably a, a near fact. What I thought was that once a character that was in Doctor Who transitioned to Big Finish, that tended to be, for me, in my opinion, the sense that their television era was over. There's so many there's so many stories to tell, but they're all kind of and maybe in not necessarily back history filling. You could have new stuff like in Torchwood, you know, series, you know, Aliens Among Us, Gods Among Us, and all that. But it felt to me like. Um, it usually felt to me like once a character transitioned to the audios, that was probably the end, pretty much the end of their time. But now Captain Jack is back on screen. Uh, so it makes me wonder if perhaps people will be now asking, oh, well, we see River Song again. They'd have to do, I think, before, before last night or whatever, I would have said no because she's in big finish. Now I, I'm not so sure, however, they would, given the nature of Moffat's last episode, I think they would have to do some kind of, start, they would have to start doing memory, anything they do with River now have to be memory wipes every time in that yeah I mean it would be interesting yeah. you know, I would like to see um, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and Riversong just meet you know mm-hmm. see how it see how it works out but uh, I mean her story arc did feel nicely complete by yes, the end uh, of the yes. by the end of the wedding of the husbands of Riversong to the point where you could almost see the list of items being ticked off by Stephen oh, yes. Moffat as he sorted them out. Exactly. Um, but, but um, yeah, I mean, but why not people from the classic era as well? I mean, uh, okay, everybody's a little bit older, but people do get older, mm-hmm. you know, apart from, obviously, Captain Jack, who has a very good plastic surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like yeah. Kate, Kate Stewart and Osgood might be the most likely candidates because uh, mm. Kate Stewart was, uh, was brought into it in a Chris Chibnall story. Um, and yes. they do keep mentioning Unit, although it's been disbanded. It, it does keep getting the odd name check. So there could be a story further down the line about um, Unit well, being yeah. formed I mean, or something. Well, you know, like they disbanded Torchwood. They just drove it um, underground. So yeah, uh, yeah. Could, well, I will say this. I'll, you know, I honestly then wonder why. Well, not so much why. I can understand why it's an emotional level, but I. And so they can't bring back Sarah Jane. But I would wonder if perhaps it would be nice to bring back something from the Sarah Jane adventures or from class. Um, they brought back Anjali Mohinder as a different character, of course, but maybe bring back Tommy Knight or or bring back someone from, again, the, cl- uh, the class era. Maybe not class. Well, well I yeah, mean, absolutely. Sure. You know, um, Ace could definitely make a return. Yeah. They, they've got Ace in this. And, it, and it, I agree, absolutely agree with you. But the fact that they've got Ace and the 13th Doctor meeting in a book makes me feel that they decided probably no, not on – or at least it makes, me, it, makes, it makes me think it's less likely, sadly, at least for now. But I hope mm-hmm. that – I hope so. But um, And I completely – again, I'm not rebutting what you just – I absolutely think they should. But the fact they're doing it in another media makes me think, uh – they thought about it and said no. <laughs> well, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's all um, it's all interconnected, and yes. a lot of them would love to do it. And if the right story comes along, then uh, why not? But I think probably, you know, the writers they're not or they've not been given that remit. I would say. Um, I mean, although it would be lovely to see Katie Manning do another story, it would be lovely to 
bring Leela back, but it's unlikely that Leela's still alive by the sounds of things. Um, yeah. Well, or, or Romana, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if the big finish out of you is, you know, terminate her. Um, uh, I, I, I could see those things. I could, it would be lovely to see anyone come back. Well, I will tell you one character I, I, that I feel they should come back is K-9. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be lovely to see her and see him see K9 again. And uh, I, th- I know that there are probably rights issues right now because I keep trying to, um, you know, launch some another little franchise with K9 and such. And you know, it would be really nice to see it, to see K9 again. It's been quite a long time. We, you know, it's always we're kind of in that little pure nostalgia now because they brought back a character we weren't expecting. And um, and um, it would be really neat to see who else they bring back. I mean. Can't bring back the Brigadier in that sense, but maybe they could bring back Yates. They could bring back Benton. Who knows? But it's just an interesting thing that a door, that a a type of door that I didn't expect to open again, a character that was on screen and that has migrated to the audios has come back. That I didn't expect. It's interesting. It's a lovely thing. And, um, I mean, you shouldn't rely... Doctor Who should always be looking forward as well as... um, occasionally bringing back elements of its past. But, uh, I mean, it did make everybody very happy as far as I can see. So, um, but it doesn't mean that you should do it all the time with everybody who's still breathing. <laughs> no, no, I, com- I completely, completely agree there. I, um, it, but it, yeah, yeah, it was it, if, nice. If the right way. story comes along, if the right circumstance and the actor wants to do it and... Then, then yes, absolutely. But um, I mean, you don't need to crowbar in references to the Doctor's past all of the time. Well, they could always recast uh, Lisha as you, Denise. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> isn't her daughter playing? Um, isn't Caroline John's daughter playing um, Liz Shaw in the Big Finishes now? So uh, yes, yeah. and if anyone's wondering, I just made a, I just made an in joke because Denise is lovely played Liz Shaw in our little audio adventures that we make in the final game and and, and yes yeah. i'm really enjoying it as well oh yeah well, we have other we have other other little plans if you're if you're available there are other plans for you too i'm gonna i'll have to tell you about it well i mean so long as i can find the time and i can usually find the time then yes of course i actually oh. played some to my brother when i was back in the uk recently and oh, nice. uh, he he works in um the film industry and uh-huh. so he was like but how did you do it? You know, he didn't understand that there was literally people all over the world playing these parts. Yes. It was, we managed to get it all together. I mean, he's a sound technician and he's done mm-hmm. some acting as well. And he just couldn't figure that, <laughs> that we had done this. He was well, astounded. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was, um, well, it's just people with the determination and effort, and, and I'm very grateful. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's the power of anniversaries. You know, the centennial of Roger Elgato, the centennial of John Pertwee, the uh, semi-centennial of John Pertwee's beginning as the third doctor, which just started this year, more or less. Um, you know, it's just it's the power of the, the longevity of a series like this, and it's now 50, going on 50, more than 56 years. I will say this as a little tease. Um one little plan. Would you ever? What do you think that uh, that Liz Shaw would get along with the fourth Doctor? <laughs> um, probably yes. I mean, yeah. uh, he's um, he's a little bit more eccentric, but Liz has got a good sense of humour. 
Yes. You know, she she can deal with the brigadier, she can deal with the doctor, she can deal with Professor Stallman, she can definitely deal with uh, with Tom Baker's doctor, I would say. Well, yeah. Okay, well. Well, then I'll just wait, just wait until we stop recording. I'll tell you what's happening. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's wonderful. Can I ask you guys really quickly, um, you know, going forward in terms of this, this series, Series 12, do you have any predictions? I don't, I'm not trying to take over the discussion. I'm just curious, any predictions of what, uh, what is I, coming? I go, in, I go in with an open mind and an open heart. Mm-hmm. And I try and stay spoiler-free. Um, no, I've, I haven't got any preconceptions. What about you, Mark? No, um, I, I mean... I think of all the uh, all the theories and the guesses that came out in this last week. Once the the Doctor Who Twitter account started, um, you know, suggesting that there might be some kind of surprise reveal this week, I don't think anybody guessed either Captain Jack would return or a, um, a previous, previously unknown or future incarnation of the Doctor. So I think that's the best way. Uh, no matter what you guess, if it can keep surprising you like this, um, then uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. I mean. Uh if a show can still surprise you after so many years, it's definitely doing something right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I think my, if I'm going to say my predictions, um, I think that, well, I think I think what's going to, if I'm being very honest, I think what's going to happen is I think you're going to see a lot more Time Lords just start showing up. I think that what we're going to see is, my, my feeling is that what we're, what we're seeing is something, whatever's caused this, um, whatever's opened up this this situation, maybe the master destroying Gallifrey, I don't know. Um, but I think that you're just going to, I think what we're going to find out is past Gallifrey, ancient, maybe past Gallifrey, or maybe an alternative past Gallifrey. And one of two things is going to be the situation that this is the past of Gallifrey and they've wiped Gallifreyans have wiped their own memories of this, including the doctor. And she, re, she revamped herself as the doctors as we know her, as we've known them. Or it is an alternate version of Gallifrey that's somehow blending into the situation. Again, I, did, I think it's probably more likely the past, just a past version of Gallifrey that we haven't known yet. Um, well, there's what about the lone Cyberman? The lone Cyberman? Mm. Well, I think that what you've got there is, um, you know, I think what you well, uh, well, I just saw this now, and I think this is probably very likely. I think what you've gonna, I think what you're going to get there is a Cyberman, the last Cyberman, is probably going to claim to be the last Cyberman, tell the Doctor, look, uh, our empire is destroyed, we've lived this life, we, I don't want to live this anymore, let me be a human again. And give me humanity. And uh, turn me back into a human, and we'll end the cyber race. And that will be the choice of the Doctor, can I end the Cyberman forever and be compassionate? But doing that will somehow really... Giving that Cyberman organics in some way will, will revamp the Cyberman to be more of a if anything, perhaps more like the Borg version of, of you know, more overtly, well, less overtly cybernetic. I could be wrong about that, but that's my I thought. Mean, I, I mean, the thing with the Cybermen, of course, is, um, you know, there are many different circumstances and many different planets on which a cyber-like race can arise. They've talked about this, you know, because you start by replacing missing limbs with cybernetic ones and eventually um, it goes on and you've got a completely cybernetic human who has to have their emotions removed so that they can cope with the transition. But I was, I mean, with lone Cybermen, I could think of three. Um, There was the Brigadier, of course, 
Mm-hmm. And he's not the cyber brig is not returning. I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> then I was thinking, thinking of course that um, that Bill became a cyberman. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's handles. So you know, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, one's it going to be? <laughs> I think I, think, <laughs> I any, think of three lonely cybermen, and those are them. Those are and those are cute. And I think that they would that would be nice to see just one of those. Well, not the cyber brig. I uh, no, no, I don't. This I don't no. want to see. No, no. I think that was a step too far on Moffat's part. I understand what he was trying to do, but I don't think he understood the implications of the result of that. And I don't think I haven't I, talked I to many. You're completely like, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yes. he was loved, but you know, the actor who played him was loved as well. And to yeah. you know, so that was a thing. But uh, it, went, it was it was well intentioned. But uh, I have never I have never talked to anybody that liked the Brigadier, knows the Brigadier, that says, "Wow, I really like that." And I think it's a, a pretty universal. Um, horror about that, and I think mm. it, that's that's one that's pretty ripe for a retcon. <laughs> okay, Mark. Anything else? Um, I thought we just um, the, the last thing. I don't know if we really talked about much. Is is for me anyway? I thought Joe Martin's performance was brilliant. The, the the way she changed from playing Ruth to the Doctor was brilliant. As I said before, the the little sort of pertweeisms with the with the. Um, the Kung Fu in the cathedral was brilliant. Um, and a line that I, I sort of picked out on the second watch, when she's describing the 13th Doctor and she says, all rainbows and trousers that don't reach, it made me think of the line from oh, the Oh, that Doctors. was a wonderful turn of phrase. And it's like, all, really it's like all teeth and curls, isn't it, that John Pertwee um, describes uh, Tom Baker's Doctor mm. as. Um, it just had the same sort of, uh, the, the same sort of style of... Uh, of of just reducing a doctor, um, uh, one of the incarnations, by an, by another doctor like that. Uh, so yeah. no, and I thought she was, uh, I thought she was absolutely fantastic. She really was, was, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was a very good line. I, I, uh, I, I hope. I, well, I know that we'll see her again. I'm sure that we'll see her again. So mm-hmm. well, I, I think I know we will. So I'll be very interested to see what they, what they do with her and um, and how this plays out. I, like I said, I still have very strong reservations and concerns about where it could go. Um, and uh, I think that if, if this handled very well, it'll be a very brilliant idea, uh, brilliant expansion of the series. If it's not handled well, and if it if it co- ends up contradicting a lot of stuff that we've seen before, and the only way to get around this, well, that was a lie, then I think that would be a terrible kind of cheat. Um, that's my. That's well, my main I mean, we we've got this. It, it may go the way of the Doctor's daughter. It may go the way of. Clara and me flying around mm-hmm. in their own TARDIS. It may just be that, well, we know there's a few other time lords and time travellers out there, but we just don't run into them that often because the universe is quite large. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It might, it might be a little like the two doctors. Then, How did this actually really happen? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. And, and don't worry about that too much at home, folks. Yeah. Yes. And if they have got Joe Martin lined up as the next incarnation of the Doctor and there's some kind of agreement that in... in Two or three years, uh, she'll take over. Um, that's fantastic to 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 have her in the series now. It's the reverse of um, you know, sort of Patrick Troughton coming back for the two Doctors or David Tennant coming back for the Day of the Doctor, isn't it? Having a future Doctor cameoing and dipping into the past is um, mm. is a brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant. Have they, wait, have they, have they said that she's have they said that she's she's contracted with the next Doctor? No, but, but I'm, I'm just sort of speculating that if, if that oh, was the case. She doesn't remember being 
the doctor with rainbows and trousers that don't reach. She's got no memory of that or a sonic screwdriver, so I don't see how she's a future doctor. Well, if if the if the Geordie Whittaker era ends with her, uh, you know, going into some kind of partnership with Gat and whoever Gat works for, and then going mm. on the run, maybe that's. Uh... Could be interesting. Mm. Yeah, well, watch this space. Watch this space. I just thought about something that I wanted to ask you guys. Um, you talked about, you know, when she says at the very end, time is swirling, swirling around me, the master, Captain Jack Harkness, all this stuff. She says something's coming for her. I had thought, when it's, that's the line I think that came from the first trailer. I had thought that she was referring to the master. When the master showed up at the very beginning, I thought, okay, it's not the master. That's my question. What do you, what do you think is coming for Jody? Is it well, a person? She's. The Doctor has got a lot of things from her past that could be coming to get to her. I think, um, mm-hmm. obviously, Gallifrey is very, very relevant here. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be anything, really. I mean, I wouldn't like to discount anything at this stage in the game. I Yeah. I, I, what do you think, Mark? Do you think it's a, some, who do you think it is that's coming for? If it, say it's a person, a singular person. Who do you think it is? Yeah, I don't know. Omega? Who knows? Yeah. What do you think? Well, who, who knows? It oh, could be yeah. Omega. Omega could be the Rassilon. There's a character that show, that's showing up, I think, in the Praxis episode, played by a character named Ian Gelder. He looks very scary. Um, who knows who he is? Maybe another Time Lord. I, you know, I I don't know, but I, you know, who I think it is. Right. And it would make sense because Chris Chibnall would definitely know about this. And I would, I would, and I have a particular interest in this. I think I would really hope that the thing that's coming for the Doctor is the Valayard. The Valyard. Mm-hmm. Mm. It seems unlikely, but I suppose the um, the reveal that, uh, that that the planet of Orphan Fifty Five is um, it was Earth was done in a very similar way to the mysterious planet from Trial of the Time Lord. Um, yes, and, and yes, even, that's true. Even having the Ruth Doctor is not not dissimilar to the reveal of the Valyard being the Doctor, is it? So maybe he's taken yeah. a lot of inspiration mm. from from Trial of the Time Lord this year. Yeah, they have, and, so I, and and Ian Gelder, his character. You know, my first thought was the Black Guardian, but I, I like I'm, I'm I'm with RTD on the idea of the Guardians, which is I just don't know how they fit. If mm-hmm. I were to do this whole retcon of the series, I would say that they were actually uh, Time Lord, um, Time Lords from the uh, from the Dark Time. That's how I would normalize them. So it'd be interesting if they bring in the Black Guardian, but I again I I don't see that would be on a, on a, a very out of left field character um, that we really don't know how. They have to explain what the, the Black yeah. Guardian is, and I hope these things are time one. But I think the fact that it's not the master. I, I'm not. I'm not sure about. Uh, I'm not sure about that theory. I think um, there are other beings that we know about. For example, in the story Enlightenment, mm-hmm. you know the Eternals. So, yeah. um, and obviously the Black Guardian and the White Guardian were there at the end of the race in Enlightenment. So. Um, I think they're related to a wider range of beings than just time lords. Yeah. Are there that, lords in such a small space? You know. But, yeah. uh, well, that's the thing. If we are doing a retcon of a potential retcon of the time lords, I agree with you. It, there are wider beings. What if? But what if a lot of those wider beings are? What if the time lords are a lot wider race than we thought? That could be. That that's the idea that I have. But that's just my own personal pet theory. But I definitely think when it comes to this series. That um, it would be very interesting if, there, if we're exploring these ideas of other doctors and things we don't know. I think it would make perfect sense to bring at this point to bring back the uh, the Valley and um, and explore his connection to all this. It, it would be 
you know, and it would make some sense because if you've got a potentially an unknown past doctor in Jill Martin and an unknown future doctor in Michael Jason, or, or if they get someone else to get to play him, that would be an interesting. Uh, they, that would they, be would, interesting. they would sadly have to get someone else to play him. I think he died last year. Michael Jason? Didn't he? The, the Valyard? I think he's uh, still the alive. He's he was still on alive. The, he was on the season 23 box set, wasn't he? He was doing the. Uh, Okay, I think oh, maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I'm sure I read somewhere about him dying. But as oh. far as I know, I, I just looked it up. He's still alive. He's 84 now. Mm. I mean, we we lost Nicholas Parsons today, of course. But uh, mm. yeah, that was sad news, wasn't it? He was the man who plays in the Christopher Fenwick, right? He played the Reverend. That, yes, that's right. Yes, he's a very well loved um, TV personality in and radio personality in Britain. He's mm been you know throughout the history of television and much of radio he's been a yeah. he was a very constant sight and was still working um up yeah. until quite recently i yeah, believe he's still hosting just a minute on radio four which he's hosted for 50 years up until very recently mm. and still wow. absolutely sharp as a tack on it um yes. yeah incredible yeah wonderful i think that was i think it's been a, been a, he it's always a sad thing when when you say goodbye to a long-term figure that that did well for a long time for for, for a great period of time and so that that's yes I, I, i'm not aware of it i'm not aware of him yeah of we, we are that. losing a lot of our um national treasures at the moment but yes oh. yes he was very well loved i don't think anybody ever had a bad word to say about him you know no i believe it it's like most it's like he, he could he could act he was highly intelligent you know he was entertaining very funny yeah Mm. Yeah, it's like it's like Nick, the other Nicholas. It's like for me, like Nicholas on my level, at least of Nick, losing Nicholas Courtney. It's um, it's mm. a sad situation. Mm. I understand. I mean, yes. So um, so yes, we don't know what is coming for the Doctor. Could be anything. Could be the lone Cyberman, as Captain Jack said. It could be the Valyard. It could be Omega. It could be anything from the Doctor's past. It could be, and I hope it's something. Whatever it is, I really, I, I, I have, I have definite, in, you know, I have definite interest in seeing what they do, and uh, and who knows, maybe I, I won't lie. I still have definite strong concerns about because it's it's a um, they could either world build or world break, in my opinion, just my opinion. Um, and I hope that they just do that. They handle in a way that people will see it as. As well, I think they're intending to do. I don't think they're trying to break any canon. I think they're trying to build it, but it is in such a way that it will ruffle a lot of feathers, and it will. It, I, look, I just hope that it, I hope that it works out uh, in a way that we can look back upon this, you know, when maybe the series, this particular series twelve, is over, and say, "Why goodness, I can't." How how is series thirteen going to top that? But I say that because when series eleven ended, I honestly couldn't say that about series. 11 I thought to myself well I, re- I really hope I really hope series 12 can top this because I was not thrilled with series 11 and to be fair I haven't been terribly th- really thrilled with series 12 so far now that we're at this point they've introduced something that I think to myself that could be very interesting but it's very risky so I'm, I'm there's cautious um, very um, very um, healthy skept- healthily skeptical interest or, or, or notice right now that I have for the series and I hope it works I really hope that it works Healthy skepticism is always good. Yes, that's that's where I am right now. Healthy skepticism for for Doctor Who, and I, and I, I in all so. things in life, I think yes. you're fine. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Apart from, 
Apart from chocolate. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love chocolate quick. Nestle quick. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> so thank you very much, guys. Uh, it's been been great fun discussing this episode with you. Uh, very quickly, where can we find you both on the internet? Ooh. Um... You know, I, you can find me at, uh, at Studio Glove on uh, Twitter. I don't have a really a YouTube channel. Maybe I should start one, maybe doing reviews or something, or at least something to increase the presence of the, the Black Love Studio. Oh, I might as well just say, find me on the internet. Um, it's at Studio Glove for Twitter. We, I, I'm the, I, the run, I guess you could say, I'm the managing director of the Black Love Studio audio productions, where we kind of try to faithfully recreate uh, classic and, and new series earlier than, than Joe, uh, Jody Whitaker's era, because, you know, that's still developing. Uh, but f- faithful vocal recreations uh, and sound recreations of the, um, of cl- uh, the era, classic and, uh, eras of Doctor Who, classic and new, earlier new series eras of Doctor Who with uh, characters like The Master and, uh, and other surprising things coming. We, we focus on, on celebratory moments that, we're, that are missing from Doctor Who. And I am at Cup of Tea 69 on Twitter. And I don't really hang out anywhere else. I've, I've got a blog, but there's a link to it on my Twitter bio. It's a very nice blog. I've, I've been there. It's wonderful. Thank you very much. Welcome. And I like your poetry, too. I think it's very nice. Was I supposed to say that or was that? Yes, I, I need to put a few things on there. Yes. <laughs> well done. I'll put links to all of those in the show notes, um, as well as to where you can find uh, the final game that we were talking about before, um, the the Mirror article and the um, the tweet uh, about the animatronic Jadoon head. You can find me on Twitter as at Quark McMalice, and you can follow the podcast at Trap1 underscore. Find all our previous episodes at trap1.podbean.com, and if you're feeling particularly generous, uh, you could leave us a review or um, just a star rating, something like that. Very nice. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.